You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud phrase said that I must eat this pie. This episode is brought to you by Fermented Crab Meat. For when that special moment arises, consult with your maester if erections last more than four hours. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 66, Eastwatch. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jess. And I'm Matt. So tonight we have a special guest. Rachel uh, Rachel couldn't make it and poor Jenny's not feeling well, so feel better, girl. Um, so we dragged my friend Matt along and Matt's being a good sport by showing up. So, um, <laughs> so we're going to today we're going to get to know Matt since you all know us and, you know, whatever. We're just, <laughs> we're just us. Anyway, Matt, how did you get into uh, Song of Ice and Fire? Uh, ironically enough, I was sick of waiting for the end of Wheel of Time, so I decided to pick up another series. <laughs> and so I guess now I need to pick up another series to wait for this one to finish. Yeah, don't pick up Patrick Rothfuss, because you'll be waiting. Yeah, um, I know. How many years? Did. When did, when did the, the Wise Man's Fear come out? <laughs> yeah, okay, hold your breath. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck on that one, too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Matt actually is a, a friend of mine from work. Um and we have lots of conversations all the time about the show and the books. And so it's nice actually bringing him on. So you can all listen to him, too, for a change. Yeah. Lauren um, almost broke my hand on the second day at work, but we made up over talking about Game of Thrones. That's right. I did. Second day at work, almost broke his hand. Was it over, like, I'm, a character in Game of Thrones? or? No, I actually closed it in the door. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And wait, Important he had a cast on other the other one. Like, we know you love Jamie, but we don't need to, like, maim our coworkers. <laughs> maim our friends, yeah. Um, yeah, he actually had surgery on the other hand right before that, so I was... Yeah. <laughs> I really I really did a number on him. Yet somehow or she was going to have friend. some... Uh, she was going to have some unfortunate bathroom responsibilities if she broke my other hand. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, he never lets me live that down. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love him. Anyway, <laughs> so let's already let's move on to our uh, Frey Pie rating. Um, since Rachel and Jenny aren't here, but they left their ratings, I'm just gonna um, give those out really quickly. Rachel's pie rating <laughs> it was Ragar. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming she liked it, and uh, Jenny's was a frozen Ragar, which was mostly good. I think it was, I enjoy the setup episodes more sometimes. Not a full Rhaegar because it still needs to be put in the oven. So I'm not quite sure how it will taste. And that's in reference to whatever the hell is going on with Arya, Sansa, and Creepyfinger. So that's that. So Matt, since you're our guest, why don't you give us your rating? Oh, sure. I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a Rhaegar. But with a little concern that something perhaps wasn't cooked entirely properly <laughs> and might make me sick later. Yeah. I'm thinking of the weird, creepy John and Danny chemistry and Cersei talking about punishing Braun. Don't you touch Braun. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jess? Uh, I don't know everybody's talking about these Rhaegars. It's a Jared for me. I'm not oh about God. those Sansa and Arya scenes. 
you will become Rachel. I, but like, I yeah, we'll talk about it. But there was like a number of things I, I did not like about this episode. One is that, and then just their weird sort of like contradictions with the Daenerys character. Um, but I actually do like the setup episodes more. I do, but I just felt like the stuff in Winterfell and Jon's sort of reaction or lack of reaction to his siblings being alive really irked me. And so I, I I cannot give this episode more than a Jared because of that. Okay. All right. That's fair. I gave it a Rhaegar with a dollop of Rhaegar with some Rhaegar sprinkles. But then there was a tiny piece that was up against the side of the oven. So it's a bit burnt. So that's kind of like the Tarleys. Um, but also <laughs> it was more, it was, it was really for Danny being halfway nuts, but it was also for um, not really happy with the Arya Sansa setup. It's like, we can't do anything else with these girls, so we have to make them fight each other. But I have a theory, which I'll go into later, so I'm hoping that's what's really happening. But I really don't like the fact that it's we can't have the sisters be ever happy. They always have to be at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so uh, let's move on to the awards. Uh, who's the MVP to you guys? Jess? I gave it to Davos. I mean, he's sort of you know, saves Gendry, like, John's right-hand man. I don't know, I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit for all the cool shit he's doing and that he's smart enough to not venture beyond the wall. He recognizes, you know, his shortcomings and his capabilities, and I appreciate that. He doesn't bite off more than he can chew. I agree with that. I agree with that. Matt? Yeah, I I gave it to Davos as well. I mean, it's fun to see him back in this kind of fatherly role. Yes. With Gendry. Like, we haven't seen that since Shireen. Yeah. And so it's kind of really nice to see him. Like, because I really liked him and Gendry's chemistry. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, Um, The internet actually has given him a nickname. Dadvos. What is it? Dadvos? (laughs) That's amazing. He's like the best dad ever. Like, you want him to be your dad. Yeah, I totally want him to be my dad. Yeah. Um, I gave it to Gendry because he just because he showed up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you guys on that. Uh, I think Rachel gave it Gilly for the win, which yes. Yes, I think also Gilly deserves MVP because uh, even though Sam was not really all there, she definitely was. Um, so that that that's good. So what about our Stark watch? We got to see all the Starks, huh? Yeah. Well, Bran briefly, Bran briefly, with his creepiness in the, the Godswood. <laughs> yeah, well. I did like how they did the ravens, though. That was pretty cool. That was like cool. The, how we could see the the eyes flickering as he took control and switched back and forth. That was well done, I thought. Yeah, he's really powerful. Yeah. Which is what we want Bran to be without the creepy factor, but... Without the, like, loveless, emotionless. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's sad. Uh, Matt, you, you were saying you were hoping for a John and Arya reunion? Yeah, I, it, was, it was like, you know, you were saying before, like, I, it was very disappointing to have him learn about her through a letter. And then, not, we don't even get to be there when he reads the letter. He just talks about it later. And it's like, no, that, that's huge. And yeah. I really want them to actually see the two of them together. Because as Sansa said... I can't, like, he's going to freak out. 
Right. Now, yeah, that's like a nerd rage moment for me, but we're talking about it now, so I might as well like get it out of the way. That was sort of, it irked me, because we all who read the books know the deep relationship between these two characters. There's this unconditional love between the two. They're constantly thinking about each other. Not only that, but the fact that he's surrounded by a bunch of people, from Sander to Gendry to Thoros to Beric, who all know Arya... So to not have her even come up in any sort of conversation, any conversation, it just seemed a little strange considering they're emphasizing it on her side and for John to be so just nonchalant about it just seems very out of character given his, his at least his book characterization. I can't speak for show John. Also, the fact that she's been there for a while now and he's only finding out about it because Bran decided to send a message. Like, did nobody think to send one, I don't know, sooner? Yeah. yeah especially just when Bran showed up. I mean, that so, is kind of tricky when Bran's there. Yeah. Also, like, I was thinking, like, with Arya, is, is there anything that she's kept for as long as she's kept a needle? I don't think she's had any single possession from Winterfell other than that. No, that's it. I mean, I'm assuming they're probably going to save it for maybe the last season. Like, I don't know if they're even going to, you know, meet this season because he kind of just, like, bypassed Winterfell to get to Eastwatch. So I don't even know if they're... It just it just seems weird, considering that he kind of broke his Night's Watch vows in the books for her, essentially. Right. right when he marched on Winterfell to face Ramsay because he thought Jane Poole was, was Arya. Like, this guy, like, broke his vows for his sister... So to not have any sort of reaction, I think it's sort of a slap in the face to people who have been following these two characters for all the years we have. And I don't, I don't know why they did that, but I don't, I, I don't know. And the I weird camera angle. Like, what was that? Why were we, like, looking up at him? Like, why were we looking at his jowls? What the fuck was that? <laughs> He's not very tall. <laughs> As Gendry pointed out. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to the Ned Stark Award. Uh, who did you give that to, Matt? Uh, I gave it to Dickon. I'm sorry, Dickon. Uh, for, there was absolutely no reason for him to stand up and die with his dad. Like, there was just absolutely no call for it. And even when his dad was like, no, it's fine, bend the knee. He's like, nah, I prefer to burn alive with you. Like, you know, and, and Tyrion even told him straight out, dude, you're the last of your line. Except for um, Sam. Well, yeah, but since Sam is where Sam is, they could easily say that. But now it's like, it looks like Sam is going to be in charge. Um, but yeah, like, why would you do that? If, if technically you are considered the last of your line, it's stupid. But um, I gave it to Jamie for going back to try to reason with uh, Cersei. Because uh, I think, I think Bron had it right where he said he'd be better off in the lake. So She's not all there. What about you, Jess? I'd probably give it a Dickon. You know, honor before a sense. His honor and his duty to his house over, like, self-preservation. It's a very Ned Stark thing. You know, putting your family above, you know, your yes. personal well-being. That's, that's Ned in a nutshell. So I think... And even Jamie, too, to that extent, too. Like, sort of putting his family, right, above... His, his, you know, self-preservation. So they're both kind yeah. of Ned in, in that situation. So, But more so uh, Dickon because he actually got burned alive for it. But you could make the argument for Jamie as well in, in that his scene. Well, as long as he didn't drown. Okay, moving on to our favorite fan shout-out. Go ahead, Jess, what, what was yours? 
Oh, what was my favorite? I guess the uh, still rowing. I felt like that was definitely <laughs> that meme was on the internet for years, and I definitely. Oh, and um, the short line regarding Kit Harrington's height. I think that yes. was also a little yeah. fan shout out because they like to take the piss out of Kit and his short, his him being really short and him being pretty. Really short. Yeah, <laughs> they add that those. I think it's more of like a, I guess a fan shout out, but also like a inside joke. Making fun of his height. I'm sure he enjoyed that. Yeah, he probably loved it. <laughs> loved it. What about you, Matt? I think you were on the same page as, as yeah, Jess. Yeah, it was the Davos line. I mean, it's the line is hilarious, and to have Davos deliver it, it was pretty perfect. Yeah, it was. And and I was reading an article, and Joe Dempsey was saying he's like, he's like, I love that it, it still continued. He's like, and I'm kind of responsible for it because he did tweet about that, and people. Uh, and people really latched on to it. So it's nice to know that it got written into the script because the fans really did love that. Anyway, um, so our one-liners, apparently we all love the one-liners because <laughs> I put there, I put notes in there. Jess put notes in. Oh, well, actually, Jess, you hadn't put your notes in. Uh, Matt put notes in there. Rachel did. Jenny did. There's like a million lines. Um, so I... Um, so why don't we start with you, Jess, since I don't see any of yours. Well, let me let me see. Uh, I guess John's line, we're um, all breathing. That was something you also said, Lauren. Yeah, I did love that. And I love that Rachel's note on that says, notice he didn't say alive. <laughs> Rachel's convinced that John is like a zombie and not like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there were so many. I didn't even know where to begin. Um, I really loved when Tormund and uh and was sitting at the table with them and they were trying to figure out who who was with him and Tormund turns to John and goes the big woman <laughs> and John just starts laughing like no she's not with us so he was so he, sad and disappointed he totally was he totally was so I'm glad that they milked that puppy for all it's worth um <laughs> so we we did all discuss that we liked the I thought you might still be rowing um, that Tormund was full of them because the, his other one was the dragon queen or the one who fucks her brother and John's response was both. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and then the one where where uh, where um, Sam is yelling about how many shits the maester had taken and 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 Gilead responded with steps. Yeah, to which, the number he gave. <laughs> right. And then, and then Jenny even put a note in here that said, Jess probably pointed out that this, that Gilly is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah right to Jenny, like Jenny with her, her trivial knowledge. Um, okay, Matt, what other ones did you like? Oh, I liked, again, from the Tormund, there was the, uh, the Davos saying, I'm a liability out there, as you all know, and Tormund just responding, you are. <laughs> and, I... and the look, but. The look between um, Davos and and John was perfect. <laughs> like it was like okay. <laughs> and I loved the uh, when Davos and uh, Tyrion landed at King's Landing. He said, "You know, last time I was here, I killed my father with a crossbow. And last time I was here, you killed my son with wildfire." <laughs> that was and dark Dav- but great. <laughs> I know, and Davos was so matter of fact about it. Like he's like, "Okay, whatevs. This is what happened." Like I was like, "All right." Um, <laughs> Um, I think we all we all loved uh, the fact that Gilly was talking about Ragar and his uh, 
mm-hmm. and his annulment. And basically, she was every woman in every meeting with men in that scene. <laughs> You're not listening. Whatever. What now? <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> you jerk. Um, <laughs> and Davos was also full of uh, good lines because at one point he said, nobody mind me. All I've done is live to a ripe old age. Yeah. Listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> exactly. I um, love him so much. Oh, look, somebody actually put a Ramin mode in there. That was me. Find one. Good job there, Jess. Yeah, I, a sad version of Reigns of Castamere when Tyrion was on the it. battlefield and he's just looking at all the Lannister, oh, God, the yes. devastation at the hands of Drogon. And, and crazy. Yeah, so, you know, seeing all that and it was, you know, somber. I liked it. And, yeah, well, I guess. I think I just kept rewinding the uh, the high school reunion scene over and over that I kept forgetting to look at any other part of the show again. <laughs> um, so then we're on our, our Gendry watch, and apparently that achievement was unlocked. So um, <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about that uh, more in depth later. Uh, although Rachel does mention that they do need a smith because somebody's got to carve all that dragon glass. Did they so. bring some with them? Like I didn't like. Like, what's that big hammer going to do? Like, I don't... Maybe absurdly it, big hammer. Let's hope it's made of Valerian steel. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> God. All right, so let's move on to our notable introductions and goodbyes. So, um, people. So, we've already talked about Randall and Dickon becoming s'mores. So, um... Yeah, I'm not really sad about Randall. Yeah, me neither. All that much, given, you know, his, his book history and his show history... I know Dickon last season was portrayed as a dick, you know, pun intended there. But, like, they really <laughs> made the effort this season to make him sort of likable. Right. And I know there was a movement on at least Tumblr, people shipping him with Sansa because, you know, that's what Tumblr does. And so that ship, like, is now <laughs> sunk. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- that, sh- that ship is really have sa- has sailed. Yeah, um. <laughs> sailed into the abyss. <laughs> no. Went up in flames. That was the Titanic right there. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that that would have been nice. Yeah, um, they would have been a cute I, couple. I think, but I think she probably would have been too smart for him. Yeah. So, um, and Rachel was sad because it wasn't the Quintin moment she wanted because it wasn't based on waltzing up to the dragon like you're special, and it would have been a nice parallel. Yeah, John Snow should have been, been a roasted. nice parallel with John's petting session. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think everybody um, reads the books who probably listens to this, but, you know, Quentin Martell, like, goes to... Was with Drogon? was one of the dragons. He goes to, like... What did he do? Like, pet it or something? Or bond with it? And he ended up getting... Tried to ride it, didn't he? Yeah, he ended up getting, yeah. like, burnt alive by it. Yeah. Well, we don't know if he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's toast. I can't imagine. But then again, we'll never get Winds of Winter, so we'll never Yeah, know. he was, like, in a bed, like, in agony. Maybe somebody will just scrape all of his skin off and put some ointment on it, and he'll be fine. Sam, you're needed. Wait, it said Sam there. There you go. <laughs> God. Nobody's thought Ew. of doing it before. It's great. Ew, gross. All right. Um, and Ghost got a shout out. So. So um, he isn't still, dead. <laughs> yeah, I I apparently missed that that twice because I watched the episode twice and I still missed oh, it. Oh, not so me. I, I hear go. Ghost on like my head turns like what? <laughs> Where? <laughs> I was looking for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not gonna see him. I don't understand why he's not with John, but whatever. They do this. They do this every season. He's with Sam. All this. I don't know, but whatever. I've accept. I've sort of made peace with the fact that they don't care that he's like a warg and and like Ghost is a part of him. They clearly don't 
want to pursue that part of John's character. And they don't understand it, I think. They don't understand the warging part of the, yeah i'm not like they haven't developed it at all really. yeah so it's not at this point like it'd be like at least last season they were kind of doing it with the whole when john was laying dead but i guess they threw that out the window for drogon bonding when we puke yeah. right now but and i'm getting tired of drogon already yeah what about the other i want to see Regal and viserion they don't kill innocent babies like girls yeah nope there's only there's only one dragon. She forgot she has two others. <laughs> it's a very neglectful Jamie, mother. Jamie apparently remembers there's three, but <laughs> Danny doesn't seem to notice that. Whatever. I like when John referred to them as Beast and Danny. Looked like she wanted to like roast him right there. She's like, excuse me. Seriously, my she's children? like they're my children. I'm like, lady, get the fuck over it, okay? Lauren, <laughs> I have heard you refer to your cats as your children many times. No, I do not. I always tell them to say they're my mother's kids. Oh, maybe that's me. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Those are not my babies. They just live with me. <laughs> that's how my parents described us. <laughs> Funny. I think that's how my parents described us, too. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, so we got to see a new place, and it actually made it onto the opening credits, which was really exciting. Yeah. We got to I kind of had like a fangirl mm -hmm. moment. I was like, it's I know I was shouting and like a crazy person. I swear I don't know I, my my poor mom because I always watch the episodes with her, and she must be like, "What the fuck, Lauren?" Because like I'm always like yelling at things, and she just looks at me like I lost my mind. I think she just like tries to enjoy things, but I'm too busy screaming. Listen, so I was screaming about Eastwatch. Yeah, as a Night's Watch fan girl, any any moments at the wall make me incredibly happy. But I don't know where yeah, Cotter well. Pike was. Apparently, Jenny was saying that he probably died in a couple of seasons ago, but I don't... <laughs> God, I don't even remember him being in it. Yeah, they, they sent him there. I totally forgot. You're right. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, where's Cotter Pike? Like, Cotter Pike is, a, like, such an amazing character. He's so freaking, like, he doesn't give a shit. He's so blunt. Well, also, Eastwatch is one of the ones they always kept stocked. Like, that yes. wasn't, like, one of the ones they abandoned. Eastwatch always had people... Well, that's where they get all their supplies. Yeah. And stuff because the water's right there. Is it the Shivering Sea? I don't know. I don't have a map in front of me. I think it is. Okay. <laughs> if Jenny was here, she would correct us. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny, if we fucked that one up. Okay. Um, so let's move on. So uh, we're going to move on to the. I don't know why this is here, but I guess I'll talk about this anyway. Uh, so the letter that Sansa was forced to write, we got to see that again. Um, yeah, keyword is forced to write, meaning like so, done yeah. on a duress and coercion. Yeah, I don't understand why that's even being brought back into this because we all know that she didn't do things that she wanted to do while she was living down there. So this is why I think my theory, uh, which I'll come into later, uh, ties into this. But I just think the whole thing is weird. I don't She's understand. Just trying to drive a wedge between Arya and Sansa but it seems like some real amateur stuff like this it's, does not yeah, seem exactly complex. I agree like Littlefinger like would be more complex than that it's just like oh she said something bad a few years ago when she was in captivity yeah <laughs> it's, it's it, yeah it's it's like when you're running an election and something you said 20 years ago and you've evolved past you still have to live through again 8,000 times because no one seems to think that people evolve this kid was under duress. She didn't really have much choice. So, I mean, hey, whatever. Um, okay, so we now know there's also some very important books that Sam should read. And at least <laughs> one person in that group was reading it. 
it's too bad that it wasn't him paying attention. Yeah, so that was, like, sort of, like, it was, I don't know. I felt like it was sort of, I don't like the way they did that. I mean, it was funny for for comedic purposes. It was hysterical, but just the way they just sort of, and then he divorced his dutiful wife, Elia Martel, who gave him two children. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. The whole thing just, especially since Targaryens are polygamists, they've had multiple wives at the same time. So the dragon has three heads. So I don't even understand why he would annul his marriage to her. Which is all weird. I don't think Liana would want to share, I think is the idea. Uh, but, like, well, uns- but like honestly... Yeah, that, that I can see, yeah. But it just like, my, rubs me the wrong yeah. way. No, it just rubs me the wrong way, and there's all... Obviously, there's the, you know... You have this woman of color in Elia, dutiful wife, being pushed aside for this sort of northern maiden. It just rubs me the wrong way. And I don't think... I, don't, I hope George doesn't go this route and it's all what's right. legitimized john in some way so right. you undermine elia and the martell so like rainies and Aegon and elia suffered terrible ends for their these characters for what purpose oberon yeah, died yeah. for My what purpose this like i kept i kept coming back to the word annulment and i kept saying it sounded weird to me and then somebody pointed out to me on twitter that maybe it's not the idea of annulment but the way it's being phrased and that like they usually say being put aside and maybe that's what was throwing me off that it's not the fact that he annulled the wedding or the marriage according to this but it's the way that it's phrased that I was having trouble with and I think that actually makes sense um, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like make vilify Rhaegar in any way it's no, more no, so like that. David and Dan sort of approach to Rhaegar's character I don't know I just think they got him wrong and I don't think yeah. they understand because it was all about he was very much obsessed with prophecy and the dragon must have three heads he had two children Elia hadn't given him a third child a third. so this is why he pursued Liana and I just feel like I don't understand where they were going with the annulment and I don't understand why he would disinherit his two legitimate children for this northern lady, and it just makes him look very... It makes him look more selfish than what he was, I guess. Even though you, some people would argue he was selfish and he was a dick for doing that to Elia and his children. Yeah, but I also like the fact that it's not for once uh, he ran off with her and raped her, and that's how she got pregnant. This is... It's possible that this now was an actual love match. The problem there, though, is that as a leader, it's insanely irresponsible because he's just pretty much, even if, if so, if assume Robert's, Robert's Rebellion never happened, he's laying the groundwork for a rebellion later on. It's going to be like the Black Fires all over again because he has his Dornish children who still consider themselves heirs to the Targaryen throne, and then he's going to have these new heirs with the, the northern people, and it's just going to cause the kingdom to rip in half. True. It feels like very short-sighted on his part. Thinking with his little head. Totally. I don't think people sometimes think things through. So um, I'm, I'm just curious to know how this is going to play out in the books and how it's going to be different. Yeah, because, I don't think um, it's going to play out like this at all. Yeah, I, and I think Rachel in her notes made a really good point. Like, it's like, you know, how did a, a maester marry them and then record the circumstances of the annulment in marriage and yet nobody knows anything mm-hmm. about it? Like... 
Like, He's never and, mentioned it. And it happens in Dorne? Yeah, wasn't it supposed to happen at the Isle of Faces? I don't know. Wasn't it supposed to happen in the... Like a weirwood? Would he take her to Dorne where his other bride is? And Arthur Dane would be willing to die for this baby and this woman who were disinheriting his I don't know, relatives? I guess the, the Danes are... Yeah, that's right, because Arthur, yeah, but Arthur Dane is, like, part of the Kingsguard, I guess. You put, like, all, like, houses aside, but he is he is Dornish. That is, like, his sort of... Right. That, yeah. Those are his people, right? So, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing that got brought up by Jenny is Jorah has a new outfit. And then she mo- made the note, it's strange. My only ca- question is, why is everyone in black and gray in the north? Like, there's no color at all. I understand it's cold up there, but it doesn't mean that your clothing has to be like dark and depressing all the fucking time too um, everybody's clothing so, is dark and depressing now that's true because even even uh cersei now it's like i guess i guess they have they have winter and, and summer shades in westeros <laughs> yeah <laughs> depending on the season <laughs> it's summer i'll wear yellow it's winter i'll wear black um <laughs> well George does have a beautiful reddish tint to his scar tissue now so yeah. When she was when he was kissing her hand, I'm like, I hope she had some hand sanitizer readily available. Ugh. <laughs> oh. I was like, stop touching him, like. Ugh. Oh, yeah. How, how, how many people have you met who have been cured of grayscale? We don't know how good let's this not, is. Let's not test this theory out. <laughs> yeah. On a, on second thought, maybe it'll get rid of her. Yeah. Next episode, Danny's whole face is just gonna Danny. be like a gray, like Shireen, but like worse. <laughs> We could all be that lucky, I wish. <laughs> um, so Ra- Rachel's other note said that she's sort of looking forward to Liana Mormont taking Jorah down a few thousand pegs. And I agree that would be amazing. I would love to watch that. Also, is anybody concerned that at some point Jorah's going to look over at John and be like, hey, isn't that my dad's sword? <laughs> and he'll be like, no. <laughs> no, it's got a wolf. That one had a bear. It's yeah, totally different. Totally story. different. Totally story. different. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Looks really similar. No, 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 no. Listen, he lost his inheritance to Longclaw when he freaking enslaved people. He can go away. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jorah. Now he'll have to get his own Valerian steel. He can have widow's whale. <laughs> oh God. Somebody's got to. Does Jamie right, so still have that to... sword? What was that? Does he still have widow's whale? Yeah, I think he does, wow, actually. look at that guy. Yeah, because he, he swam out of a river wearing, like, 100 pounds of armor and a couple swords. Wait. And a golden hand. I it's was fine. wondering how the sword was still in the, the scabbard. Wasn't he, didn't, wouldn't he have it in his hand? Like, I don't know. Oh, he picked up a lance, like a spear. That's oh, what he was okay. charging with. Oh, all right. Maybe that yeah. was it. I was like, but but how does that work? Okay, never mind. Now it makes sense. Um, so let's talk about... As a former lifeguard, though, I do have to call freaking shenanigans on Braun just pulling an armored man out of a river. Braun is, <laughs> Braun is the Hulk. We just don't know him. <laughs> I love Braun. But you know, no. we have to suspend our disbelief. We suspend our disbelief for the dragons and, and Night King and magical walls <laughs> and magical curing of Grayscale. I just feel like somebody should have gotten at least a little like burnt on their butt or something. Like somebody, they shouldn't have gotten away completely clean. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah they should have been like more bruising or burns on their faces at least. Yeah, especially especially Braun. All right, so let's talk about the Rhaegar a la mode moments. Uh, Matt, what what were your favorite moments? Oh man, we had so many written down here. I can't remember now. Um, I did love the entire exchange with uh, Varys talking about. Uh, 
when Aegon was burning people and how he's like, oh, I'm not the one doing it, I'm not the one doing it. And, you know, there was a, that, it was a great exchange because the two of them are always so good together. Yeah. And I just loved the moment when he stole Tyrion's wine. I don't know why that, like, amused me so much. Well, he needed it after that conversation. And the fact that Tyrion didn't protest was like, you knew he was talking about some heavy stuff because Tyrion was okay with him taking his wine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jess, do you have a favorite moment? I guess, like, the whole sort of, uh, I guess the Tyrion scene with Jamie, where he was just talking about how, like, Tywin didn't love him because of who he was, because he's, he's born a little man and he killed Joanna, and it has nothing to do with anything. It's just the circumstances of who he is as a person. And I think that's, you know... He mentioned it a few times earlier seasons, but, you know, that's something that's a big part of Tyrion's identity and Tywin's just distaste for him, when the reality is that Tyrion is the son that is most... He's the perfect ruler, really. He is the ideal son. He is Tywin's son in a lot of ways, more than Cersei, no matter what she says, definitely more than Jaime. Like, Tyrion is Tywin's son, but, like, the fact that he had killed Joanna and the fact that he is a little person... You know, I liked that, and I thought I thought Peter was great in that scene. You know, so he that was and- that was my um, Rhaegar a la mode moment because you don't get that too much nowadays in, in this show. I feel like Tyrion is sort of all about Danny and her conquest. We forget like he was his own character too. Yeah, and I think that that's an one of the things moment. I miss about not having Jenna in the in the show that you have in the book because his aunt Jenna tells Jamie straight out that you're not Tywin's son. Tyrion is. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a really important moment because Jamie needs to realize that, you know, it is it is Tyrion who is most like his father in every way. I also like the fact that Jamie kind of cut him off, too, because, in, you know, in all the Aaron Sorkin dramas in the world, you get to deliver these giant monologues and people just sit there and listen to it. But in, in the real life, like, nobody's going to sit there and let you deliver your entire beautiful Shakespearean monologue. They're like, no, uh, uh, what do you want? And I really liked that because it felt like natural, but also felt very like pained for Jamie. I do love those two together, and I was very happy. I mean, it was it was a sad moment, but I was very happy the two brothers got to see each other again. Yeah. Um. Uh, my favorite moment was the worst high school reunion, and it was like <laughs> all of them yelling at each other, and all of them connected in some way. I even tried charting it out today, and like. It was just a bunch of different colored lines blurring into each other because everybody was connected to everybody else at some point. It all points to Arya, just like Arya, and then, like, just lines coming out of her. (laughs) But then I totally forgot about Gendry and the Brotherhood. I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, there were so many connections there. It was like a spider web. It It was so fantastic because it's like... Because then one other person would talk and somebody would be like, hey, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're such and such and I'm pissed at you too. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys have to work together. Um, so I thought, I, thought, I thought that scene was fantastic. I literally watched it like eight times today because I just loved it so much. And I haven't been that way about a scene since the last Jamie and Brienne conversation where I just kept playing that over and over to make myself sad. So um, let's see, what else? Uh, Jenny, Jenny loved everything Gendry. Yeah, me too. I it was even though like some of it's sort of like off book. Like Gendry doesn't have this like love for like Robert because Robert's an asshole. Let's be real. But like you know, show version. You know, they're bonding. It's like Ned and um, Robert. It was cute. I may be shipping it a little, just a little. No, I am too. I just I I think I think it's a I think it would be a good friendship. Yeah, you know, and 
I also like the fact that he was carrying the Warhammer and he was wearing Baratheon colors. Oh my, I didn't notice that. That's right. He's wearing like yellowish colors. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That's so cool. Oh. It, it makes sense that he would sort of like have a hero worship thing for his dad because he didn't really know him. He didn't know like what a kind of a jerk he was. He knows the legend of him and he knows that these people who tried to kill him did kill his dad. Yeah. Right. So, of course, he's going to sort of identify with him and like use him, make him his hero. And he does Although, say that he grew up on stories. So for yeah. him, this is a hero, and this was his king. So, And to find out this king was your father, you know, your dad may not always be the most fantastic person, but, you know, he never got a chance to know his father. You know what's really funny? Is that, like, dad. John's real dad was killed by Robert. Yeah, that's, that, the whole time when I was rewatching it, I kept thinking about that. I'm like, they keep talking about their dads, and I'm like, oh, that's awkward. Oh, that's going to be painful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to be so bad when you find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else? Uh, I got kind of mad when, like, Gendry killed the uh, the gold cloaks, and then they didn't take their money back from Oh, him. me too. Like, me too. <laughs> Like, you might need that later. You just bitched about having to give them all that money and you just left it there. And I mean, if they took the money, it would have looked like they were robbed, too. So, like, they wouldn't have, like, be one, they wouldn't be wondering why these people were killed. Now they're going to yeah. think there's something going on. Um, so I want to also talk about uh, Drogon and Jon. And as Rachel points out, um, it should have been Viserion, but you can't have everything. Should have um, been Rhaegal. Why, why would it be Viserion, not Rhaegal? Um, oh, you're right. It probably would be Rhaegal. Because of the the namesake. Yeah, that's what which I'm saying, because, like, it's something Drogon is, is like, Danny's. Which is the one that actually, when he when he first got there, which is the one that, like, almost, like, flew into him? I think it might have been Drogon. See, I didn't think it, I didn't think it was black. I thought it was, I thought it might have been a different color. I don't know. I just thought it was weird given like what had happened in the scene before with Drogon like burning the Tarleys to have like John bonding with it just felt weird. It was like he's like bonding with a nuclear weapon. I don't know. I feel the other dragons, <laughs> you know, don't get a lot of love. And like Rhaegal and Viserion had their growth stunted because they had to be chained up because Drogon's an idiot. Like <laughs> why yeah. does Drogon get all this love? <laughs> Honestly because I think it's probably because they already have favorite. all of like the what 3D was... modeling. Oh, they have all the 3D modeling, everything done for Drogon. Yeah, I'm it's pretty sure that's the reason. Keep using him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not very plot and no. interesting, but <laughs> that's probably why. No, but um, I just I actually what I what I did like about that scene is watching her face. Like, wait, why? Wait, why is he letting her do that? Why? Why? Because uh, he's related to you. And meanwhile, Drogon's like, you smell like Targaryen. Incest. Oh, gross. She's turned gross. on by the incest. Speaking of things that disgust me, let's move into nerd rage. <laughs> okay. Um, Jess, why don't you start? Okay, so I guess you want to start at Winterfell? You can start wherever the fuck you okay, want. Okay, so I will start at Winterfell and the whole Arya and Sansa exchange. Okay. Where she was like, you should have been defending John and all this stuff. I just thought it was so out of character for Arya. I mean, she should know better. I feel like she's smart enough to know like how the game works. And I don't think Sansa in any way was undermining John. 
I just felt like it was just, it felt like it was drama for the sake of drama, and it felt very out of character for Arya. Like, yes, she's the, the yes, like, John's her favorite, and yes, she's going to be defensive of him, but not to the point of, like, her wits, like, going out the window and not realizing, like, what Sansa's doing. Like, she's trying to, you know, calm these lords and get them to stay on John's side, and I just thought it was, like, weird. And I just thought it was, like, unnecessary drama between the two sisters. I don't think Sansa in any way was undermining John. In fact, she was actually kind of being like John, and, right. and taking his advice, I- not killing people. So she's actually learned from her, her brother. I don't know. And I like that line where she said, like, we don't behead people who disagree with us. And I really like that about right. Sansa. I, what I did like was their conversation, even though they were arguing, it's it's more mature now. It's not they're not they're not arguing over petty shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like the fact that they're arguing because I think this is this is pointless. But I like the fact that it is more mature and and you're seeing the difference in in the sisters from what they used to be. Yeah, I, I think part of it too is like they've really just completely like they've shortened her training in the House of Black and White so much that it's just like kind of her being blind and getting beat up a lot. Instead of like learning how to watch people, how to observe, like all that time she spent like learning secrets and things, like the Ar- book Arya would have kept her mouth shut and just learned a lot before saying anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. I agree with that. Um, I think th- the rest of it that was annoying me was the whole Arya following Littlefinger around and him looking like he outsmarted her. But I, my theory is that. It's not him outsmarting her. It's her playing him and him thinking that he's he's winning this round. But why would he even think that that letter would, like, sway her? Like, she knows yeah, her sister is- was in captivity. Like, I don't understand what he's trying to get at. Like, I feel like they're making Littlefinger... And I'm, I can't believe I'm defending this, this man right now. Then they're making Littlefinger dumber than he actually should be. But somehow yeah. he's smarter than Arya... Like, I don't understand, like, like, especially in the sneaking realm, like, you can argue, like, I said in the notes, like, yeah, he might be a little, like, sneakier than her, but in terms of, like, straight-up ninja skills, there's no way he's going to outdo Arya. Yeah, I agree like, with that. Like, he's not going to catch her sneaking around and, like, know that she, she's watching him. Like, she would definitely outclass him in that. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why I think that she's playing him and he's bucking, he's going to walk into a trap. Because if, if, if they do this where he's actually outsmarting her, then they then they really don't understand her character and they don't understand uh, what's going on at all. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about the thing that sends me into a rage. Gee, what's that? Whole... What's that? <laughs> oh, there, there's two of them, but one of them is the pregnancy bullshit, which I feel like we're, we've just entered a soap opera. Like, <laughs> I just... I, it's just stupid. Like, the prophecy was for three kids that she could only have three kids... So I don't understand the um, the idea that she's going to have another child. So it's just too fucking weird for me. It um, feels like they're sort of prolonging the inevitable, which is him doing what he did in the books, which is, you know, the burning, his burning of the letter moment where he just like cuts ties. And I feel like they're just just like spinning their wheels, just waiting for that moment to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah and I feel like he was like... Like, I almost feel like he looked devastated at the whole idea of it um, when they were hugging. But I just I don't know. I think it's, I, I feel like this is this is her just trying to manipulate him again. Like, I just I just don't trust her. She's she's all she does is manipulate and lie to him. So I, I don't see her 
I, I can't believe that this is uh, this is her being pregnant. And like somebody was tweeting earlier how, you know, of course, nobody can believe that a woman in power is pregnant. And I'm like, has nothing to do with her being a woman in power and being pregnant it has to do everything to do with she manipulates and she lies. And so your first reaction is she's lying, not not because she's in power. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing that bothered me was Danny's whole speech about how I don't want to kill you, but I will burn all of you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but forcing people to submit. Well, forcing people to submit by coercion to me is not exactly the best way to get followers. I think that's going to backfire in the end. I also didn't understand the whole rationale why he couldn't take the black, too, because it was like, oh, you're not my queen. Right. It's like, well, that's not going to keep you from taking an oath. I don't right. really understand. Like, either you die or you take the black. I mean, it's an honorable route to take. And like, he could still take the black and still be useful. It seemed like they just really wanted to like get him off the board for some reason. It felt very like, let's just get rid of the Tarleys for some reason and get that out of the way. They're just cleaning up the board to make it less complicated. Um, For me, I don't... It seems like they're making her a hypocrite because she goes on about this idea of like breaking the wheel and wanting to make the world anew and make it a better place, but then her actions say otherwise. Like, she reminds me of a despot. Sort yes. of like, you're ruling by fear. Whereas, like, in Essos, I felt like, say what you want about it, but the people followed her because they believed in her, she freed them. And in this situation, it doesn't feel that way. I don't think they're... I don't think she's... You know, when you're... The fear of, like, nuclear war or, like, bending the knee, of course you're going to bend the knee. You're... And it's out of fear. It's not out of love. It's so that Machiavellian, right? right? Is it better to be feared or loved, right? It's, you know, feared because when you're loved, you can be easily, like, trampled over. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like... I don't know what they're doing with their characterization. Like, I don't understand what route they're going. They're, like... I don't know if they're, like, trying to test this sort of mad queen thing and then, like, doing, like, a 180. But it just seems strange that they built her up as this, like, moral character Slowly, yeah. only to have her resort to sort of these mad queen-ish tendencies. I'm not saying she's at all like Ares because she's not, but she could have killed the Tarleys, but does she have to burn them? It's the stuff like that that just like irks me. She could have very easily like just like beheaded them, but like to have it be such a, such cruel and unusual punishment and violent and really cruel, it just like, I don't, you know, for me, that's not somebody that I would want to follow as a leader. Well, it's also... The direct parallel between the Starks being burned alive. That's what it reminded I mean, me of, too. Pr- and, like, Brandon and, oh, it, yeah, Rick, Rickard, yeah. It seemed like it was hitting us over the head with that one. It was like, she's doing what her father did. I mean, yeah, I've never are. been Team Danny. I mean, just her alliance with the Dothraki alone. Like, the Dothraki are horrifying people. Like, they, they rape, they enslave, they murder, they pillage. They are, like, the worst human beings. And, like, but, like, somehow because yeah. they're on her side and they wear guy liner, they're cool. Like, I don't, I I've always had a massive with problem with that. I mean, her whole storyline is very, like, problematic from the people she keeps company with, you know, the Jothraki, but also Jorah Mormont, who was also, like, a slaver, but she keeps him by his side, but he was, like, a slaver, and you're, like, the breaker of chains. Um, But I just felt in that scene, like, I don't know what they were going for. Like, I don't know if they're just planting the seeds that, like, they don't want her to be a ruler. I just don't understand this, what they're, where they're going with Danny's character. 
that's so that's because she needs a man in her life. But that's it too. Like that's it too. I feel like also what's irking me is is I feel like what's going to change her her mad ways is a man and like no this should be her like doing it because she believes in it but it's going to be some man that she because she's sort of infatuated with him and that's what's going to like cause her to change her her evil ways I don't know for me it just rubs me the wrong way you know what I'm saying Lauren you get what I'm saying no no I I, no I totally agree it felt like they were just kind Oh wait, we made her too good. We need to like make her a little more gray and a little more like pure white. So let's have her do something bad. Yeah, a little bit, you know. But like, should let her be that way. But that's what she wrestles with as a as a person, and that should be. I don't think she should be doing good things because like John or Tyrion is telling her to do them. I think she's smart enough as a person to make those decisions for herself and not have to have a man sort of advising her on those things. I think she has lived it. She's, you know, lived hardship herself and she's experienced things where she can come to those moral conclusions without having a man telling no, no, her what I, to I, do. I, I, I don't agree know. with this. It's just, it's... And it also just goes back to last week you had Miss Indai or Miss Indai, whatever her name is, uh, saying how we followed her because she freed us and she did this for us and here's... Uh, today she's burning people because that's the only way she can get them to follow her. It's interesting that in her scene no. with John, she didn't mention that she burned the Tarleys. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, where they're going with that, but I don't think as a person, given what he, the situation with Stannis and Mance, he would be yeah. totally cool uh, with that. Uh, yeah, because at, what does he do with Mance? He shoots an arrow through him so he doesn't have to suffer. Yeah, so this is, yeah, so it's just like a weird sort of... John wouldn't have, John wouldn't have stood for that. And, and the thing is, Tyrion was having a hard time with it too, and she's still arguing like he was like look just put him in jail for a little while and he'll change his mind and she's like nope listen i understand why she's doing it i understand this whole idea of like you know you want them to fear you so they're not going to sort of betray you i get that but also you want to build loyalty it's what sansa said what book was it where she was like i'll make them love me right this idea of like the people believing in you right. and i don't feel they're doing that with Daenerys. No, I feel they're they're, they're making her this like fearful ruler rather than somebody and she is a likable you know she does have good qualities to her and i feel like they're sort of emphasizing her bad qualities in westeros i don't i don't know yeah it was the whole speech i just don't like the fact that she's literally saying you know cersei's telling you i will burn you and i will do this but i'm not gonna do that oh by the way i'm setting you on fire yeah, I, I'm not going to unleash the Dothraki. I'm not going to burn people. Oops. Yeah, before when she burned people, it was like, what was it, Astapor, where she burned the masters? Or was that... That was like, okay, they're slave masters. Everybody's kind of on board with them being burnt. They're pretty... They're kind of like the Nazis. Okay, sure, you can kill them. But in this situation, it's kind of like, especially Dickon, it's like, yeah, he was on the wrong side, but he didn't deserve but to But also, die. Randall fought for her family during the rebellion which they didn't mention, could account for something in that situation. Okay, so let's move on to John's complete act of emotion, lack of emotion, because we started to talk about that earlier. Um, but, like, it was just to, it was really weird, his reaction to finding out that both Bran and Arya were alive. So, go ahead, Jess, why don't you talk about that a little? <sighs> yeah, so... Yeah, I understand he's sort of, like, he's very, like, uh, focused, right, on the, the, you know, the Night King and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like, Book John would never react. Like, the coldness and the distance of it really, really 
hurt. And I, you know, I've been messaging a lot of other Aria and, and John fans. We were been having like discussions privately about this and it just it just rubs me the wrong way that he's just been like so cold and aloof about the whole situation and not like he would be like on the floor crying. Right. Over the fact that Arya is still alive. So to have him be like, oh, she's alive. I can't think about that right now. No, like the fact that like Danny has to be like, I'm happy for you. He's like, I'm not that happy because the Night King is marching on the wall. And then to not have him visit Winterfell and to not have him mention Arya and his, or Gedry mention Arya to John, it just seems like, I don't know. For me, that's like my favorite relationship in the whole book series. Right. John and Arya. So, like, I was very happy with all those scenes earlier in the season with Arya being very excited about John. So, to not have that reciprocated on the, I guess, like on the other side with her, him, it hurts. Right. Because I know his point of view. I've been in his head and I know how he feels about his sister. It was Arya that was what, like, caused him to break his, like, Night's Watch vows. Right. And here's the other thing if he had to pass Winterfell to go to East Watch. No, they sailed there. Oh, did they? I was going to say, because why didn't they just stop there, get more men? And then he could have seen both his brother and his sister, too, to know. I, I choose to believe there was an off-camera moment when he actually got the letter. Yeah, but like, I think we deserved. I feel like we deserve that moment. Right. Especially when he's bonding with, like, there's, like, an extended, like, overly extended scene with him bonding with Danny's dragon, Vogon. Yeah. To have him, like, not have that moment. I mean, they already, like, robbed us of a scene they filmed between him and his own direwolf ghost to not have that reaction on screen. It feels like, I don't know, I guess they're trying to, like, emphasize, like, the sort of, like, Targaryen side of Jon Snow, which is fine. It's part of his identity. I'm not going to fault them for that. But he, but, was, like, he was born a Stark. He was born a Stark. He was raised in the North, and this relationship is the most important relationship in his life. And to not have any sort of reaction to it, it just hurts. I'm not like angry. I'm not like nerd raging over it. I don't think it's the end of the world or anything. It's but frustrating though. It's just yeah, it's just frustrating as somebody who who identifies with that relationship and it's really drawn to that relationship. And because it's unconditional, there's no sort of manipulation with these other relationships. There's no. It, it's just the most purest and sweetest of all the relationships in the books. And to not see that from John's perspective, it just hurts a little. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, the whole sticking with the pointy end thing, that's just such like a, a charming, cute, adorable moment with them that I can't, I, there needs to be some kind of reprise right. of that. No, I, I agree with, I agree with all of this. I agree with all of this. It's, and it's, it's frustrating. And as the fans who have been waiting for some sort of, of uh, connection again for the two of them to not really see even in just his it was just the coldness. Of finding out. Yeah, yeah it was it just was... the coldness and not like, I have to focus. He does have to focus on the Night King. I'm not like dismissing that at all. But it would have been nice to have, like Matt, you were saying, if there was an off-screen reaction, I would have liked to have been, you know, yeah. privy to that. Privy I would have liked that. to have seen that on screen. They, they have the time. Right. Like that great conversation when he tried to go south and Amon stopped him. Yeah. Like something like that with, with Davos where they had a conversation about like, you know, when I lost my son and all these things like that. Like, yeah. There could have been a great, like just a little two minute conversation that really could have filled in that gap. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't understand the subtleties of those kind of things. So, um, okay. So let's move on to what we think has been left out. <laughs> 
my comment is I think the entire book of Winds of Winter might have been divulged in this episode, but who knows? <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Matt? Uh, I mean, I, I just to kind of piggyback on that, because like what we, the chapters that I've read from Winds so far are all the stuff with like Littlefinger in the Veil and uh, what's the name Sans is going under now? Elaine Stone. Yeah, and those, which are fantastic chapters, but you see the complex manipulation and the veil of what it took for Littlefinger. Like, and it seems like we're just never going to see any of that. He just kind of has them wrapped around his little finger at this point. <laughs> that's, that's pretty true. Anyway, um, so I guess what do you guys think this means for the future or for, for the book or the TV show plot lines? Well, I just so you know, Rachel's been... Um, saying in the in the document and just in, in text message you know Jon Snow has whites in the ice cells of, of the wall he wouldn't be going on a mission a suicide mission beyond the wall if he needed to convince Cersei or any queen or king that the, the whites actually exist so that's probably going to be different yeah but we you know we're not going to get the Magnificent Seven any other way so yeah yeah that movie doesn't end well for the men of seven yeah i don't think it's gonna end well for them either i think uh, quite a few of them are you think go. Bar- do you think barrack is like really gonna be dead this time like really Wait, dead did, did you see my notes on like Tormund probably dying thoros probably dying dondaria probably dying jorah probably dying flaming sword probably dying like i'm just like everyone's dying well that's what i want to see like well well that's what i said was is Dondarrion going to pass on his weird, like, super life on to somebody else like he did to Lady Stoneheart? Are we going to see something like that? I think it would be interesting or, if it goes to uh, for, the to hound. the Hound. I mean, Sandor is afraid of this kind of stuff. He doesn't believe in any of it. And I think it would be really interesting if he gets smacked in the middle of it. I loved that. Like, when we saw him looking into the flames and seeing a prophecy, this notion of a prophet who is terrified of the medium of his prophecy. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, if he's, like, he's terrified of fire, but if that's the only way he can convene with his god, that's kind of a really intriguing character. Yeah, that that, that will be interesting if that happens, so we can always hope. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, so we know pretty much half the, half the cast will drop dead next week because it's the second to last episode of the season. Um, Sniffles. God. What else? Yeah, I think Thoros and Dondarrion are, are just, they can go down easily with, without anybody getting too upset. I think the Hound's okay. I don't, I, I, I think Dondarrion would like to go. I'd really like Thoros to stick around just for the, the, the humor factor. I mean, I love the fact that he was complaining that he had no alcohol, but as they were leaving, he was sipping some. He yeah. was sipping something <laughs> like as that. he was walking out the door, and I laughed my ass off every time I watched that. Um, it was just like well, he's st- back to his normal self. <laughs> well, the hound has to be okay because we still need Clavain Bowl. Right, we do. We do need that. Um, so, so uh, I guess that's it. Um, I guess that that I think we've covered everything, right? Is th- some I kind know. of big battle next episode, I assume. That's- oh. Yeah, there's probably going to be some whites, maybe some Night King action. We haven't seen Theon for a little while, and he was talking about rescuing his sister, so, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see where that goes. All right. Well, um, I guess it's time to do our toast. So do we toast to Jon Snow, the K- King Jon Snow, or do we toast to King Jon Targaryen? Matt, you decide. Oh, boy. Uh, 
Uh, let's, let's, let's just do King John the first. King John to, the first. Good cover. Too, too late to be known the first. All right. So. All right. <laughs> to John, to the, John first. The, the first. John, so. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks for being on the show today, Matt. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the crossing, and now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. It's the second sons who landed, right? At Dragonstone? Uh, was it Dragonstone? No, it was the Griffin's Roost. Was that what it was? I think so. Oh god. I feel like there's if there's somebody who's normally here who could answer this. Not yeah. me. That's yeah, Jenny Jenny's not here. <laughs> she's gonna be so mad Je- Je- to this. I know, she's gonna be listening to this and she's gonna be like, God damn it, I know the answer to that. I I'm I'm, I'm gonna get these like random texts. Do you watch? Um <laughs> That's right, Jenny. I know. Um, 